You're listening to The Actors Podcast, a podcast where I share what I've learned as an actor and as a producer. My name is Douglas Terrell, and I'll be sharing thoughts on the acting business, the art of acting, and a few other lessons that I've picked up from my experience as a professional actor. And I hope the stuff that I share on this podcast will inspire you as an actor. It's nice to meet you, Vanessa. Tell me about Green Girl. Green Girl Diaries. So Green Girl Diaries is a modern day parody web series of the musical Wicked that focuses on Elphaba's time at Shiz University. I play Elphaba Throb. She's the titular Green Girl and future Wicked Witch of the West. What what inspired you to, to, to create the project? Wicked, I will, I'm a musical theater um, performer, singer, dancer, actor, and uh, my favorite musical is Wicked. Um, I've always loved it. As a black woman, I always like found the character of Elphaba very like inspiring, and um, it always re- she always resonated with me as a character. So basically, I go to see it every year. It's in town, um, and I think in 2018, yeah, 2018, um, I was sitting there watching it, and my then boyfriend, now fiance, had gotten me a piece of merchandise. Thank you. Um, he got me a piece of merchandise. It was a pair of sweatpants that said Shiz University on the side. And that's the basically the school they go to. And that just kind of inspired me. I was like, oh, man, they're at a school, like, which I knew, but I didn't think too hard about it, I guess. Um, it's a college. So, like, shenanigans, college shenanigans happen there and in the land of Oz, like, you know, so parties and um, just fun things that you do in college, they would be doing at the school. But in the musical, you only spend half of, half of the musical is set at their college, and then the other half is in the future. And so I wanted to dive into that experience more. And uh, how long have you been percolating with the idea? Um, we, I got the idea in 2018 um and then 2019 and i think it was like late 2018 so once we got into 2019 i had an outline done and i started um working on some scripts um i finished those up had my first read through mid 2019 um and we were ready to go with filming by 2020 um probably February 2020 and then March of 2020 all that happened and then we were on hold and as soon as like the vaccines came out yeah well we try to um stay connected via zoom and like you know and we had read-throughs and luckily I had a great cast that was like they would show up uh, frequently and make that happen so we kept connected through COVID um via zoom and then once the vaccines came out we were up and running mid-2021 and what'd you guys shoot it on like what do you mean like our cameras are like yeah, yeah. um yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> i'm gonna be honest that's not my forte I, <laughs> I don't know what cameras they used um but they're just i know they're canon cameras and i think we had a couple different options um we ended up at the end having about um three different cameras we used tell me about your budget i mean how'd you what was your budget what you what you think your budget was because a lot of times in, in projects like that as a producer, you have you have a budget, you have an idea for a budget, and then you get into pre-production, you get into actually paying for things. You're like, oh crap, I don't have enough money. Um, and so tell me that journey for you for yourself. Like what would what was you what you think you was gonna cost you and what it ended up costing you? So again, um, I have a musical theater background and um I think that helps me a lot with my creativity and like my budgeting. Because <laughs> oftentimes in theater you don't get a huge budget. Yeah. Um and a little bit more of my background is I was in charge of um a school program that would go around and they would be in charge of mounting these big musicals within a school, but you never know 
at the school what you were going to get. So sometimes I would show up and I would have a stage, but it would have no curtains or I would have a stage and it would have no lights or I wouldn't have a stage at all. And with that background, I've gotten really creative of just like being within my means. Um, and so I rely on my creativity and my imagination. If I don't That's have good. it, I have to thank you. Well, I have to well, think of a way. What was your budget though? Um, I didn't have one, to be honest. I took it shot by shot um, and scene by scene and um, shoot day by shoot day and whatever we needed. Um, I either we, we found it, we bought it or we brought it in. Um, and so like sometimes it was like $50 for that shoot day or it was like, oh, OK, we need to spend a little bit more. So like we went on location maybe three times and our location that we used to rent was about $300. Um, so you shot inside a studio, I, shot inside a studio. Um, different locations. We use a lot of like apartment complexes. Um, a lot of um, like we used a location that was an apartment complex that had like a really fun vibe to it. It was like almost like a Google playhouse. So it gave us like a, cause it's a modern day parody. So yeah. that helped with budget a lot too. Um, so we wanted something kind of whimsical looking and that loca locale was whimsical looking. So we would use the clubhouse there and that cost like $300. How much do you think you spent overall in total? So over like a span of a year and a half to two years, I'm going to say like $3,000 to $4,000 with food, everything. Yeah. How big was your cast? In the end, the main cast, about 10 people. How did you raise your money? Um, we had different producers come in. Um, I'm not the only producer. I have, well, um, yeah, I have about two other ones. And I mean, we, for our first, this is our first season. We'd like to do a second season. We kept it kind of small and contained and we didn't really, we just put our own money towards it. Our second season, we would like to get, um, we would like to have things to be much bigger actually. And so we want to do a crowdfunding campaign and we want to look at um, people who fund like find funders for it, investors. Oh, well, I think you'll find, I think you'll definitely find an audience. I think it's always very compelling when artists create your own stuff, man. Create your own stuff, write your own stuff, shoot your own stuff. And um, uh, there's always, you know, um, make people see you rather you begging for people to see you. You know, let them under see your talent, let them see your craft, let them see your work. And then say, oh, you know what? I could probably use Vanessa in this or I can use Vanessa in that. Um, that's it's such a uh, liberating thing when you start to create your own projects and you start to shoot your own products. You realize you have much way more power than than you thought you did. Um, right. So it's really it's uh, I applaud you. And, and uh, I wish more younger actors. I try to hit that that one lesson, you know, write your own stuff, do your own stuff, you know, still audition, still play the game, do your own stuff, get your stuff out there. So. That's really great. You should be very proud of that. It's a huge accomplishment. Getting anything done, it's a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, yeah. I feel like I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of what we did. Yeah, I'm excited for it. What do you want audience to take away from watching your project? Um, I, for, okay, so uh, since we're connected to Wicked, I think the biggest thing in Wicked for me is that, like, there's nothing really wrong with Alphaba. She's just green, like, you know? Um, and I think diving into that character more and showcasing that she's just a normal girl. There's nothing wrong with her. Yes, she's green, but like she's 
she's more than that. I think that's my biggest takeaway. And just taking people where they are, um, meeting people where they're at is a big takeaway. Um, That's like the moral store of the story. But also, I want people to like watch Green Girl and be inspired because we're not perfect by far. You'll see, you'll definitely see flaws. But the cool thing about us is that you'll definitely. But when you say we're not perfect, you mean, you mean, are you saying that as, as the characters or as the project? The project. So like the, the project base are the, 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 the story base is the moral is like, you know, take people, uh, meet people where they're at, but as a project, um, we're pretty inspiring because we're not perfect. The, the production is not perfect by far. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but, but I, I think people will forgive you. People will forgive a, I mean, people will forgive a good story if it's done on, you know, newspaper. You know, so no one's going to judge you. No one's going to judge you by the the, your project's flaws. They're going to they're going to try to pull away a a story, a lesson, a a a message. So, what's the message? Is don't judge a book by its cover. You know, um, basically, yeah. That's that's an important lesson. I mean, that's an important lesson to for everybody. You know, don't Mm. judge a book by its cover, and that can that's a that's a lesson that I think we all can everybody in this country, in this world can probably do more of. Uh, that's a great lesson. Was it fun getting painted green? It it was. It was not as fun as I thought it was going to be. It kind of turned into a grind, which is another kind of thing. Like, I thought it'd be my, my dream to get painted green. I had to do a lot of it myself. So, I mean, I'm sure, like, you know, if somebody was doing it for me, then it wouldn't be such a grind. But, um it it was it was a it was a hassle. <laughs> no, it's a lot <laughs> to of work. When I did summer stock, yeah. actually, when I was a really young actor, I did summer stock, and I I did a play called The Lost Colony right out of college, and I had a I played a Native American. I had to paint myself brown. We all did. We all did. It was part of the show. We all had to paint ourselves brown. And I I remember the first week it was fun. You know, I did it the whole summer, and I remember by like the second week I had to come into that theater and like oh, I do not want to paint myself brown today. You know, the paint was the paint was always like um, it was cold. It was always cold, you know, because it was in a big bucket and me and a bunch of actors right. you know, we'd get in there in our boxers and just start painting ourselves and we paint each other. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this again. And you, then, then you had to wash off and you never really got it all off. And then you had to do it again on Tuesday and Wednesday and on Thursday and Friday and Saturday right. and sun, Sunday. And you had Monday off. You're That's like, hey, I know that grind of painting yourself. It's not it's not fun. And but at the good- end, I did miss it a little bit. Like I, when it was my last time to be painted green, I was excited, but a little sad too. So, yeah. um, you know, know, comes with it. We could have watched the green a lot more. <laughs> like I think you that's what I had to say. Like watched like where, like, because sometimes like, you know, you don't paint, I don't paint my entire body green. So like sometimes it was ah. showcasing my neck or my, my wrist and like it, but we definitely fixed that. Once I started watching the footage more, I think I was a little nervous to watch footage because I'm more of a theater actress. And so like, it took me a while to actually be like, okay, you have to watch yourself now and see what, what's happening. And then I saw it and I was like, oh no, we got to fix that. That's a big deal. So That's like- a big one. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. Focusing on the details, right? Focus on the details. Yeah. So when I wrote my TV series, I had an editor who I worked with and you're, you're, you never like watching yourself on screen it, it never gets better for anybody it, it, it just doesn't but he said when we were watching hours of footage of landing home he was like i don't want to watch that scene right now he goes dude it's just it's just a piece of footage no one else is seeing it besides you it's just footage it's just footage it's just footage like and so you have this weird sensibility as a performer 
when you're watching yourself on camera that everyone else, like you have a thousand people in the room who are watching with you. But uh -huh. you, know, you just have to remind yourself, I'm just watching a piece of footage. That's all I'm watching. And you and it kind of takes, yeah, and it takes away the insecurities. You're like, okay, this is already recorded. This is already done. No one else is in the room watching me besides maybe the person I trust, my editor or my director. And it's just a piece of footage. We're just analyzing a piece of footage. That's it. Just watch. I'll remember that. that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's never as bad as I thought it was going to be either. It never like, is. If, if I'm always, it never is. Like I was dreading some things just because, you know, you always have a lot on your mind and, you know, you're like, oh, this scene, I, I wasn't really in it. And then you watch and you're like, oh, that was great. What, what the heck? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we are, I mean, we're our worst critics. It's, it's hard to watch yourself as a performer. Um, even to hear your voice sometimes, even on audio, you're like, oh, I sounded horrible. Uh, mm. You know, but then you just remind yourself, it's just a piece of footage. It's just an MPEG. It's just an MP3. It's just an, M an MP4. It's just a movie uh -huh. file. That's how it is. It's just a file. It's just a file. All right. What advice would you give yourself now? What advice would you give yourself then? No. Oh, uh, while writing it, probably make it smaller. <laughs> like, make, don't make it... like, like make the scene smaller. Try not to include so many people like i i mean yeah. in future episodes, <laughs> yeah. we do like a magic workshop we do a magical boarding event <laughs> and like we get we got it done but it was a, it was it was scary at times <laughs> but we did get yeah. it done so it's smaller think smaller yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as a producer you're like okay you, you want to write all these incredible scenes and these incredible locations and then you and then you forget as a producer okay each location is going to cost me money each actor is going to cost me money each long scene is going to cost me more camera time and more more time with the editor more time with the but you can get yourself all tangled up in that analysis right and there's the other thought is you just write it and then you get you work with a good team a good ad or a good director you know and they'll say look I, we can shoot this much more efficiently in a park uh, uh -huh. and, and let's you don't need your uncle and your aunt here. You're just going to talk to your sister, right? Uh, and, and then you, you find ways to simplify it from the complexity, right? You, find, you write a complex right. scene and you find ways. But yeah, I, I think the, the best model for every, anybody who's writing film and TV, I always say is <laughs> if, you can, if you can do reservoir dogs, shoot the thing in a garage. Um, you know, I mean, find one location. It's, you know, it's genius. You know, find like, you know, Robert Rodriguez talks about it all the time. Look at the location mm -hmm. and, and, and film right there. Uh, do you know who Robert Rod uh, Rodriguez is? Um, I'm not at the top of my head. I feel so like you should, it, so. It, you should you should study him. He's kind of like a okay. a, 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 a cinematic uh, savant. Um, he's somebody okay. who you would appreciate because he wasn't getting opportunities. He just picked up a camera and, and he and you should look up his first film. Um, it's on YouTube okay. and you can watch uh -huh. it all by himself. Um, and it opened so many doors for him. It, he became a major uh, uh, film director and he's he's done many things, but he's all about, you know, and he gets hired all the time because he knows how to shoot things and keep them under budget, right? You know, right. and it's, it's, important. It, it's important. He keeps it under budget and he gets it on time. Uh, oh. And, and uh, film production companies love him for that. And if you can learn that habit, if you can say, I'll have this under budget and I'll have it on time. You will always find work because um, um, those things matter in the world of film and TV, budget and time. Uh -huh. You never have, you never have enough money and you never have enough time. Um, so you should right. look them up, Roger Rodriguez, look at stuff on YouTube, read about them. I think you'll find them very inspiring um, and it'll inspire you even more for your second season um, and how he, yeah. how he takes the initiative. 
what do you wish for the future of the project besides the second season? What else do you wish for it? I, you know what, to be true, I just want completion. That's a good wish. That's a great wish. That's a great wish. I would be wish. very just happy with that. Yeah. With, and I mean, I, the whole project is three seasons. Um, and I would like it to be completed. And then um, I wanted to open doors. I'm not really looking to make money from it, but that's also nice. But I wanted to just open doors for me and my my production team, my actors, like just open doors and pathways for them. It's a stepping stone, basically. That's great. That's a great, that's, that's a, that's a great wish. Where do you plan to release it? It's going to be on YouTube only, or are you can you can try to get it uh, get it out anywhere else. Right now, just YouTube, YouTube, because um, we have some other projects that are in the works that are a little bit bigger, and so this one's our smaller one, and that that I feel is was made and created just to be like YouTube that big, <laughs> you know, and and to envelop that realm. So is is the project YouTube. one episode? Or how many episodes is is it? 11 11 episodes and so how, when people yep. get on youtube how are they watching it do they watch they, they go to do you have a youtube channel or something we do we have it's um gargoyle media at gargoyle media um we have uh, a tiktok green girl diaries on tiktok we have instagram green girl diaries and facebook and green girl diaries um we have a little trailer up right now at, on our youtube page at gargoyle media um we plan to release it um we're going to release the first two episodes first, and then we're going to do weekly episodes until it's over, the first season's over. When people watch it on YouTube, this next episode come up, how how can people watch the episodes consecutively on ep I would imagine because you're not charging for it on YouTube, or are you charging for it? We're not charging for it. Um, you could subscribe, and then they'll get notification that it's up. Um, mm -hmm. It'll be on all of our social media for all the actors they'll be notified or they'll be telling people about it too um once all the episodes are released it'll be a playlist i believe there's also like a a, a way to do like a countdown a premiere type of situation so we'll be doing right. you showcasing it that way so yeah how I feel long like, is how long is each episode it's a 20 22 minutes 20 20, 20 minutes. to 25 minutes yeah 11 episodes you could have cut two seasons out of that you know i'm I'm an 80s kid and so like I feel like back in the day like seasons were a lot longer and now they're like six to eight episodes so <laughs> season two is now six to eight episodes but I think when I was first writing it I was like I need a good amount of episodes and so <laughs> yeah. I get it though definitely you have two seasons there have you released have you released all the episodes yet no we haven't premiered yet yeah you make one we're still in editing that. You, you may want to consider releasing two, two seasons. You have two seasons in the work already. You know, you can do two seasons, a season of seven and a season of six. And then you have whatever you create next one, you have your third season. So now you have even more traction, right? Because if you have more seasons, it looks one on your IMDb resume as an actor, it's going to look even better. It's going to look even stronger, right? Because you're going to have two uh -huh. seasons, right? Um, yeah. And people are going to say, oh, wow, she saw she shot two seasons, not just one season. Right. So they, and they don't know that you shot all the whole season in 11 episodes. They, they, they will think of it as, wow, she actually shot two seasons. So that means she did two productions. So okay. it's, a, it's a way for you to kind of leverage it a little bit. If you haven't released it, I would I would consider releasing it as two seasons. That's um, a good advice. Yeah. You know, you can make the first season seven, find, find, find maybe find the most dramatic cliffhanger you have between season I mean between episode six and eight 
where you can say, this is where we, we're going to jump off at, right? And, and we say season two. And then you get people going, oh, I want, what's season two about? You know, and then you're like, we're ready to go. And then you can create a, a trailer for your season two based on the next episode. So now you have two trailers, two projects, two seasons on your IMDb and on your project and on your resume as an actor, because then you can put Vanessa Evans, two seasons lead uh, Green Girl Diaries. Good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, look at yeah, you. It's a, <laughs> it's a really amazing idea. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that'll give you also some, um, uh, it gives you some, you know, um, uh, space, some uh, breath of protection. That's what I'm, what I'm looking for. It just gives you more time to kind of prepare yourself for the, for, for more production, more marketing. You know, you, you don't have to be so focused on season two. You can be focused more on season three and marketing season one and season two, right? You don't have to shoot. You can say, I don't have to shoot season three right now because I have season two for, for next year. I can, I, can get, I can take a little bit more time in my third season I can, and I can take a little bit more time on marketing my first two seasons to make sure they get the traction they want. You know, get them on Facebook, get an attraction on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever all the platforms you're on. And reaching out to more people gives you more time, opportunity to reach to more funding, more directors. You'll start becoming, uh, it just gives you more time, you know, because production is like, you know, you're going, it's, it really is like parking a, it's like parking a, the way I like to describe going into production when you're filming something, it's like parking an oil tanker and not trying to spill the empty barrels of oil, um, you know, because you've got yes. so many people dependent on you, you've got so many things and you never have enough time, you never have enough money, you've got to get into this location, you've got to get out of this location, you've got to get into this location, this actor's only available on Tuesday, this girl's only available on Wednesday, but I needed, I got to be there on, I got to be there on Tuesday, you know, and oh shit, I can't, you know, it's just like, you have, you're so focused on just getting the fucker out of the fucking can that you don't have any time to think about anything else, you know, like forget about marketing, fuck marketing, fuck season three, I got to fucking shoot this goddamn episode. Uh, you know, you can't even audition. You, your auditioning goes out the window. It just becomes a, a, I mean, when I shot Landing Home, we had a much bigger budget. We had a huge cast. I mean, uh, our budget was insane, but um, I just, I mean, for three weeks, I was like, I, I told my agent, like, hey, <laughs> don't even submit me for anything, man. I'm gone for three weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So it just gives you more time when, you know, and then you, because you get everything out already, you know, and, and then you, you can kind of, um, you can plan things a little bit more calmly. Uh, no, but, for sure. Uh, what resources did you use that helped you out throughout the whole project? Less valuable resources. Well, so when I was casting, um, I cast a good friend of mine to play my sister in the show, Nessa Rose. Um, and she, she's like, my brother has a production company. And so that kind of changed the whole the whole show altogether and the yeah. quality of everything because they had all the like I like it was such a small project to begin with even like smaller than it is now I was literally like I was like I'm gonna film this myself I'm gonna edit myself I'm this, I got this like you know and then they came in and um they had nicer cameras my camera wasn't bad but they had way nicer ones they already had the knowledge of like setting up shots and and they had lighting equipment sound equipment they came in and like really brought the production to a whole nother level so uh that's the gargoyle media team that's why we're on their youtube channel um yeah nice. so that is the biggest resource i always i always believe that when you when you do things when you create your own projects the acting gods tend to open doors for you like they tend to bless 
actors who take initiative. You know, you'll always, you're like, oh, I don't know. How do we get that location? I don't know how we were so lucky to get that location. It just, it happens out of good fortune because you take an initiative. The right person comes involved in a project. Uh, I, I believe, I believe that, that things happen for a reason when you take initiative and you get more luck you know, luck happens when you're out there and, and people like to work with people. The other thing you should be very proud of is that people like to work with people who, um, who get shit done. So a lot of people who don't get shit done. And so you start building a track record of, you know, I get shit done and people like to work with people who get shit done because there's a lot of people in our business who don't get shit done. Um, right. and so if you can keep building a track record of saying, I get my shit done, and they're like, yeah, let's depend on her as a producer, whatever. It, it just people like to be associated with people who go out there and get stuff done. And that's why, you know, the bigger the levels you get, the harder the doors are to break in because the risk is so high. The stress is so high that you don't want you. You can't risk bringing on somebody new into the circle who you don't trust. Right. And so it right. becomes it becomes you know, uh, a network of people who know each other because they know each other and they trust each other, right? They can trust uh -huh. each other. And the last thing you want to do is bring on someone who's like, I don't know about her work. I don't know about what they've done. And so the more things you can do to ease that, that anxiety when you're climbing up the circles that you'll, you know, you'll show up on time, like, you know, showing up on, you'll show up on time and you'll do as you say, and you'll leave as a professional the more things you can do to ease those anxieties, the more opportunities get to you, right? And so getting stuff done because, um, you know, this is why the same casting directors work with the same directors all the time. Because the director, right. like, I trusted this casting director. I know she knows what I want. I'm not bringing anybody else in. This is why I always say in a production, you have to interview everybody. I mean, even the makeup person. There is nobody uh -huh. you bring into your family without interviewing them. I mean, you just have right. to, biggest advice I could ever give to any creator who's creating a project is like, you interview fucking everybody. I mean, everybody, because you just don't know who's gonna be that weirdo. You just don't know. And they may sound great on paper, you know, and they may write great emails, but until you meet them in person and shake their hands and have a cup of coffee with them and find out who they are, you don't know uh -huh. because, um, uh, the chemistry on a set, as you've learned, is so fragile, and it, it, just takes, it just takes one bad apple to completely shake it all up. Um, and that's why you know you you'll still always have issues on set, but the more you can interview everyone and bring everyone on who you feel comfortable with. I met you know I met Doug. He's cool. He's he's professional. You know he's got a good resume. We had a cup of coffee. He had good ideas. I think he'd be great. You know, great. You know, right. And I met Vanessa. She'd be great. You know, I, when I ended for landing home, I interviewed everybody. I, I hired a different makeup producer that I did from an indie project because the makeup producer, the people were referring me to, she couldn't get on. She wouldn't, every time we had an interview set up, she would always cancel on me. So I already, I got already bad vibes. I'm like, whoa, is she going to show up on set? I mean, I, I, I kind of have my makeup person on set. You know, I can't have someone who's not on set. And so, um, so you start reading through the tea leaves, you know, how they behave, you know, and you can read that, you know, in an interview, you can't, it's, you know, if you, if you just say, oh, well, Doug recommended, you know, Joe Lewis for, you know, sound, you better meet that sound person, <laughs> you know, you better meet right. that sound person because he may not show up on set. 
I agree uh, completely. Yeah. What, what words of wisdom would you give someone who had an idea who was going to create a project and has no money, but wants to do something like what Vanessa just did? So I would first thing like to keep in mind is just start. Um, I think wherever you're at, just start. Um, second thing to keep in mind is kind of assess your situation. Like if you have no experience or anything like that, just kind of like meet yourself where you're at. Like, okay, I don't have experience. Maybe I should take a class in this or a dabble in this, or, you know, meet some people in this area. Um, then I would set your standards, like where you're at. Like, of course, be realistic. Like if you don't have a big budget, be like, okay, I don't have a big budget, but I think I can do this. Like, I want to set my standards here. Like whether that's like, you know, on YouTube or just creating something for fun or anything like that, just set your standards and 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 be like, this is where I'd like to be. And then be flexible after that. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna start casting and things like that, and people are gonna have scheduling issues, and you just have to be, I think, as in a whole, as a director, producer, actor, anything creative, you have to be flexible, and um, but keep your standards. So just like you know, under be understandable, but just make sure you fight for your standards that you've set. But, for but tactically, what would you tell them? If if I came to you and said, I have no money, um, but I have an idea. I have an iPhone. I've got an iPhone. Uh, I have a story that I wrote. Uh, what would you say for me to, and as I said, I wanted to create it. I want to do something like you did. What would you tell me to do? I would say, get your friends together, read through it, um, get some opinions and things like that. Thoughts and opinions. Um, if you feel like those are some valid opinions, maybe rewrite it or go for it um then if you but what would i shoot it on you have your iphone i would start there um you can also be like meet your friends and see if they have anything that they, they can uh, want to contribute or if they want to be a part of the project if you can inspire them to be a to, to want to be a part of your project you can go from there and they once you it's all kind of about energy too like i feel like you were talking about that a little bit once you start like putting out the, the energy and, and the intention out there, um, you'll, people will show up, things will happen and they'll just kind of fall into the right spots. And so, you don't like, if you don't, if you have your iPhone and you want to do something bigger, put out that energy out there and into finding a, a better camera and it, it will come to you in a certain way. And if it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with an iPhone camera, like get started, just start creating because you'll learn from it and things will get better and better and better each time. That's great advice. I would just add, you know, grab your camera, grab your iPhone and shoot it on your iPhone and get it on your iPhone. You know, your people don't even realize, you know, you can shoot 4K on your iPhone. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a great camera. So you don't, you, you don't, I mean, we shot it on an Alexa and, uh, um, and you don't need an Alexa. You don't need a red. You can shoot, you can grab an iPod. I mean, a tripod, put your, your iPhone on it set the settings to 4k or 2k and you can shoot cinematic and then you can find a good editor and then send it to them and they can cut it for you i mean there's so many opportunities for young artists to create their own projects to follow a vanessa evans that um there's really no excuse for anybody to say i don't know what to do you have a phone um there's so many opportunities now and then you know once you shoot something on a phone you get it on youtube you have an imdb credit so people don't Absolutely. realize that. So you can, you know, you can already get your, you can start building your IMDB resume. Um, so shoot it on your phone. And there's a great app called Film uh, Film Pro 
uh, and it shoots 24 frames per second, you know, and it, it you can do my editor also, uh, I think it's, what's it called? It's called um, Filmic Pro uh, for people who are listening, uh -huh. Filmic Pro, F-I-L-M-I-C, new word pro, Filmic Pro. It shoots 24 frames per second. It's an app. Um, it looks unbelievable cinematic. I mean, I shoot all my self audition, all my self tapes on Filmic Pro. Um, it looks like you're shooting. It looks like you're shooting on a um, on a on a cinematic camera. It's unbelievable. Um, uh -huh. We can do you know you can do pickup shots on your iPhone through that app. So like if you're like oh shoot man I need I really need this shot and with the benefit what you have is like if you need yourself in green for whatever I don't know like I don't I really need this moment here i don't have this moment you can grab paint yourself in green again <laughs> have uh -huh. a couple breaks and then paint yourself in green and then um grab that app stick and you can shoot you can shoot cinematically 24 francs per second and um you have pickup footage i just love watching people create their own stuff i just think it's um Oh, it's so fun to watch what people do you know what they do with monologues i found a guy who did uh um, he, he was doing Shakespeare monologues and he, the way he was cutting his Shakespeare, he was just himself. He was just uh -huh. doing, he was doing Richard III, but he was cutting them in such a fucking phenomenal way that I was captivated by it. I was like, fuck, it's like I'm watching a movie and I'm just watching one dude. He had close up of his eyes and he had close up of his hands. And now is the winter of our discontent. And you would see a side profile. And then he, it was just like, it was phenomenal. I was like, and it was on YouTube. It was on fucking YouTube. And I was like, that's so creative, man. I, I would could easily consider this dude for something. You know, I would first interview right. him, make sure he's not a crazy man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think a lot of the younger generation kind of knows this. Like, I feel like they, like those TikTok and like, I feel yeah. like they know yeah. that they can create things. I think a lot of things <laughs> that are standing in their way is just like, you know, those negative thoughts, like just do it. Just do yeah. it and see what happens. Seriously. I think they know. They know they could. There's so many opportunities out there. Things are not. Things are not hard. You don't try things because they're hard. They're hard because you don't try. That's good. I like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. I mean, and it's so true. I mean, they're hard because you don't try. People talk themselves mm -hmm. out of so many things because they're Absolutely. like, oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be that. But the main thing is just do it. You know, it's like the Nike thing, do it, shoot the, you know, shoot the, shoot the project. It's, it's going to have sucky parts. It's going to have good parts. You're going to learn from it. Your next, your third season or your second season is going to be that much better. You're going to be that much more prepared. You're going to know exactly how to talk to your team. You're going to know exactly how to communicate in your scenes. Cause you, you learn, you learn from the, the, the challenges you had when you shot your first two episodes, your first two seasons. And you, and you even learn on bigger, you do, and even on bigger productions, like you know, like stuff you see in movies and te uh, television, like you'll see them grow, like from their pilot season to their last season. Like um, you see them develop, and you see things happen. So I, I think we just need to be more forgiving of ourselves in general, and see what happens. Go out there yeah. and see what happens. You know, I have a play that I tour around the country. I always tell people, like when I first created it, when I first wrote it, it sucked. It sucked. I remember I saw myself. I did a, you know, in New York, I did a, uh, a, um, a, so a, a workshop. And I remember someone, I paid someone to record it. And I was like, oh my God, that is horrible. But 
I had 20 minutes of memorized material that I could, I could craft, you know, and from that suck, you know, I was able to go, okay, well, let me adjust it. Let me add it. Let me get a director, you know, and two things by what you did is so, what's so powerful, what you did, Vanessa, is that one, you have content. It's so much easier to get people to buy into your idea when you have content. Getting people to buy into an idea without content is like, it's so hard because they're like, they don't, they don't get it because they can't see it. And two, they don't know if it'll ever happen because it hasn't happened yet. So they don't want to buy into it, right? But if you're like, hey, I've got this project. I'm looking to make it. I'm looking to blow it up. Here it is. You want to invest. Look at the traction I'm getting. You have content from it, right? You know, you have content. You can do so many things with content. And it's it's so powerful thing. But and some of it probably, you know, has challenges, like you said. But you can, when you do it again, you're going to be sharper and sharper right. and sharper and sharper and sharper. And then someone's going to watch the sharpest edge version. They're like, how does she do that? Well, they didn't see the first version. Fuck. I mean, I'm not into musical theater, but there's no reason why the Green Girl Diaries, so many can't. There's so many, so many sitcoms on TV. Someone can't say that would be a great sitcom. There's a lot of musical right. people out there. That's not a bad idea, you know. And you can start pitching it to a lot of people, but you can't do that without content, right? You can't exactly. do that without content. And by having content, you give yourself leverage. So again, another reason that's really you should be very proud of yourself. And I think, and if anybody who's listening to this can, especially younger actors, if they can just uh, inspire to know that just do it, and um, and and to remember that uh, things are hard because you don't try. So um, um, that's awesome, man. Uh, so right now it's on YouTube. Um, you know, you could probably, you know, you know, you can monetize it right off the bat. You know, if you if you did two seasons, you could put it on Vimeo on demand. Oh, okay. I can look into Vimeo. I have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, you can um, do Vimeo on demand. You can create your own Vimeo OTT channel as well. It's a little bit more okay. complex, but you just Google Vimeo OTT. And it, you can create and something like what you have could be really good on Vivio OTT because it could be a um, so you know Netflix is an OTT channel. People don't know that okay. it's an OTT channel. So you create your own version of a Netflix channel, but it's just the Green Girl Diaries. Um, and I'm saying it right, Green Girl, yeah, Green Girl Diaries, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And it's you. So then you would have. Um, I still see it as two seasons, so I've more. I've already broken you up into. I've already broken you up. That's fine. Right. As a producer, anyway. I'm like, this has to be two seasons. You have to do it as two seasons. You have yeah. two seasons. You can't release one season of eleven episodes, but um, uh, as two seasons or as whatever. But you would have nothing but your episodes. There's nothing else competing with your content, and that's the beauty about an OTT channel, right? People come to okay. your channel, right, and and and. They only see your stuff. The challenge with YouTube is, right, you know, you could be the competition, you know, you can go from watching the Green Girl Diaries to watching someone uncork a bottle of wine. To keep one person on one episode um, on on YouTube for, you know, 20 minutes, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, you know, um, and and that's without Facebook or things, things kind of, you know, uh, leading into them. So, but it, by having someone on basically a landing page just for your content this is all you can watch that was great yeah yeah you go from one season i mean one episode to the next episode the next episode if you can't if if your focus takes you off you're off this channel so anyhow was there anything else you want to add i wrote the entire i know this is not the the actual question but i did write the entire uh, series overnight um 
So I would stay up writing. So I guess Green Girl kept me up at night in general. No, but like once but... you had, a, <laughs> once you were filming, what kept you up at night? Once I was filming, what kept me up at night was um, the details, details and everything, how to get better. I was constantly thinking of how to get better, what we, what we could be doing to be better, um, the next shoot, um, things like that. Just kind of staying ahead of the game. My mind was constantly moving and that would keep me up at night. I had many nights staying up late at night going, what have I done to myself? <laughs> you know, I... I wouldn't, I always think like the cool thing about it too, I hate to go into my hippie dippy energy talk, but like there was difficulties, but like I never felt like a, a standstill or a stop or anything like that. Everything kind of flowed effortlessly, um, which to me is a sign of a good successful project. Like, yes, it was hard at times and difficult, but like I was never like, I can't do this, never. That's awesome. Well, one of the things that I do when I, um, if you go into your, like, next time you do it, one of the things I did is I, I started, I, you know, a lot of times you can't find the right mentors. You know, you can't, you know, you're looking for mentors or people who have kind of done the journey. And a lot of times people don't want to share the information, unfortunately, with you. Um, I've always been a person, you know, I try to give, give as much as I, I have because I feel like it comes back to you in spades. But one uh -huh. of the things that I found is, you know, I read books, you know, I read like a when I was creating um, uh, my project, I mean, I read, you know, books on how to create a successful short film, how to, how to shoot a successful indie film. Mm -hmm. And I took, you know, and I took tremendous, I would write notes down and I put them in a, and I put them in a, uh, in a document. And then I wrote, and then I interviewed a couple of directors who were fairly successful, who have been to Tribeca, who have been to Sundance. Said, hey, can I, you know, can I buy you a cup of coffee? You know, and, and you know, this is before the, pandemic but you could do that but and I, and I would I take him up to lunch and I take him buy a cup of coffee I buy one guy a beer and say you know what are the things you learn you know what are the things you you know what's the biggest piece of advice you can give me going into going on to set you know what's the one thing to watch out for you know what a guy named Matthew Bonifacio gave me great advice you know he was like you know you interview everybody interview everybody he says your chemistry is everything he says don't even fuck with your chemistry and if someone you bring on is fucking with the chemistry of the of the set, you get rid of them. You get rid of them. Uh. They're gonna they're gonna sabotage you. It says you don't even don't even wait it out. Don't even try to work it out. You have one conversation, and if it doesn't get fixed, you you cut bait because your ship will go down with them. Um, and it was really good advice. Um, and I had a couple of instances where I had to do that, but you you just you learn. And then the other thing he said, which was another good advice, you know, he says no matter how stressed you are. No matter how worried you are, when you come to set, you say good morning and hello to everybody, even the prop master, everybody. You don't, I mean, you, everybody, you say, hey, how you doing? You know, what's up, Vanessa? Like How's your day going? He said, what you don't realize is that you're the captain of the ship. You can never let them see them you're stressing, even when you are stressing, even when someone just came up to you and goes, hey, man, Vanessa, you've got 30 minutes to shoot in this place and we're out of here. The, uh -huh. the owner of the bar or the owner of the place is kicking us out just you have to you have to stay calm under you can't go bananas because he, he said like once you go bananas once it's really hard to get your team to trust you again they're like oh she goes right. she goes bananas a lot and then it's easier for people you know people will work the thing that i learned you know producing is that people will work for almost no money if they're respected and if they have bought into your vision you know and, and you can't really get people to bite into your vision if you're always 
like a, a neurotic nutto. Nut you know what I'm saying? Like if you're always neurotic and you're always stressed and you're always yelling and you're always screaming, people are like, it's not enough. You ain't paying me enough money. Now, if right. you're paying someone a lot of money, then they'll put up with your neurosis. They'll, they'll put up with it. You know? They'll put up with it. You know, you know, this is what she does. She comes in yelling every morning. Just collect a check. But, you know, for the most part, you know, we're not, it's none of this is being done for a lot of money. And so by you always staying calm, always saying hello, have a good day, you know, great rap guys, always being the raw, raw team leader. You know, I was a great shoot guys. See you tomorrow. Thank you so much. Making sure that you say goodbye to the prop master, to every single person, man. People who, I mean, anybody who's working for your vision, you say thank you and have a good day and have a good night. Uh, it does wonders for the morale of the whole project. People come back the next day because, you know, on projects that are on a lot of money, um, it's really easy for people to say, yeah, I decided I'm, I'm not coming back tomorrow. Um, you, know, you know, people just find other ways. They quit. They just quit, you know, and so read some books, get some lessons from there, put them in a document, interview people who have done, who, have, who have slayed the dragon before you have and ask them, you know, what did you learn from it? You know, and even if it's just an email, you know, like, oh, I can't meet for lunch. I can't meet for coffee or whatever. You know, you can, you can, you can send them a question, um, say three things to do, top three things not to do. Another director said, he said, your homework as a, as a director is to, your number one thing as a director is to, um, is to storyboard your film. So if you're a first time director, you have to store it. Now that's, that was his philosophy. And I, I, I followed it and it saved me a lot because when you storyboard your project, you're able, you know what the shots are, right? And then you come across more confident, you know, you're like, you tell the director and the eight and the DP, you know, you know, this is what I want. This is, this is the shot that I want. No, I want, you know, and then the team really enjoy seeing someone, seeing the director who is in charge of the project. Right. They really enjoy that because they're like, OK, this is what she wants. She knows what she wants. What are the two things that you don't have enough of? Time and money. Time and money, man. So <laughs> the more efficient you can get with those two things. So if you storyboard your project, you storyboard your scenes. And I always tell people, you just, I mean, it could be a pencil sketch. It doesn't have to be an elaborate storyboard, just pencil sketch. So, you, right. know, just, you know, a movie is not a play. It's their it's their pictures. Each scene is a picture. And so you're lining up pictures by pictures, right? And that's what plot is. Plot is a bunch of scenes put together, edited together to create a plot. But you're shooting scene, you're shooting pictures of a scene, multiple pictures for a scene. You're doing that in chunk, you're doing that 11 times to create 11 episodes, right? And that is right. your whole storyline. But, you know, a storyboard, when you go into storyboard, like this is the story, this, these are the shots we have to get. We have to get this shot. We have to get this shot. We have to get this shot. This is when I slap my boyfriend after I find out that he's been cheating on me. We got to get that shot. If I don't get that shot, this whole scene goes out the window, right? So the, then you, the DP is like, okay, let's shoot that first because we only have this location for an hour and a half. So we got to make sure we get this shot first. Okay, first scene, we're gonna, you're going to slap him, right? Okay, we got that <laughs> in the can. Now the rest, more bonus, right? We can play around, right? But that storyboard allows you that, that gives you more flexibility. I've always thought that. So I always say yeah. for... For directors, your homework as a director is to storyboard your film. That is your homework as a, as a first as a young director. Storyboard your stories. And there's a lot of you can hire storyboarder storyboard artists out there. There's a lot of people out there who'll do it for very little money. And um, 
in my blog, I have a blog. You can you can look it up in there. You can see the storyboards from my start. It, I literally I pencil sketched it, and then then I then I went out and hired a professional storyboarder, and he did the whole thing. He was he was phenomenal, and um, and that was a great piece of advice because when I came to set, I knew exactly what I wanted. And then and then I would watch scenes on on TV. I would watch a bar scene in Fences with Denzel Washington. Like, well, that's my bar scene. That's the bar scene I want. That's where right. I want the camera. I want the camera here. I want the camera there. So I pencil sketched that, you know, and I said, okay, this is the shot we want. I want a shot from here. Then I want a front shot with us two right here. Then I want a side shot right here. So the DP, okay, we got three shots. Okay, we know how to set it up. Boom, boom, boom. Good. And then you get, you know, how about a dolly shot? Because then, you know, the DPs are also creative. You forget, as an artist, when you write a story, you, you basically had, you've created a hat, but then the DP wears it one way and the, you know, the costume person's going to do something else to it. And then everyone is going to be touching the hat, you know, you know, and you have to let people touch the hat, you know? So the DP's like, let's do a, let's do a dolly shot coming in to you this way. Oh yeah. Just, can we do a dolly shot? Yeah. It's easy. We do a dolly shot. Right. You know, uh -huh. and then, yeah. I like a dolly shot. I never, I didn't think about a dolly shot, but I didn't write a dolly shot, but let's do a dolly shot. You know, you know, and you start learning. Yeah. And stuff. So uh, that's always good advice. So this was great. So where can people, when will Green Diaries be out? We're looking at May of 2023. So soon, May of 2023. May of 2023. Great. And that would be season one, right? Uh, and then it will be on YouTube only. Maybe for right now, it's just planned for YouTube, right? Right now, yes. Mm -hmm. and, and the name of that channel is going to be what? Gargoyle Media. Gargoyle Media. And uh, are you on social media? You yourself, Vanessa Evans? Yeah, it's Nessa Rose 4199. Vanessa on pretty Rose, much anything. Vanessa Rose 499, and people can find you there. It's uh, Nessa Rose. Vanessa Nessa Rose. R-O-S-E, -E, right? <laughs> Nessa Rose? No, Vanessa. Um, just Nessa Rose 4199. Nessa Rose. Why not Vanessa? Um, it's another Wicked thing. There's a character named Nessa Rose in Wicked. Ah, and, um, okay. So everything's based on Wicked. Anything else you want to share? Um, our Instagram is Green Girl Diaries. Our TikTok Green Girl Diaries. Our Facebook Green Girl Diaries. So like and follow us. That'd be great. And yeah, we're, I'm looking forward to premiering. That's awesome. Well, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I wish your whole team nothing but the best. And best advice from Vanessa Evans to anybody who's out there thinking about creating a project is to do what? Just start and just do it. Just do it. Create it. And if you don't have a camera, use your fucking iPhone. There it is. There it use is. Use your fucking iPhone. Use your fucking <laughs> iPhone. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you, Vanessa. Was, uh, and uh, I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts with, with uh, people who with my podcast and people who listen to them, people who follow me. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Thank you. I enjoyed my time with you too. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, this is the Actors Podcast. Uh, you know where to find me. Thank you for listening.